You're listening to your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast with David and Kane. Kane, Green took a financial hit to stay with the Warriors. His 18.5 million salary for 2019-2020 was the baseline for negotiating his new deal, whereas he could have earned more than 30 million dollars per season. <laughs> okay. That is plagiarism, technically. I, I just, I just, I did just take that from Patreon. Are you serious? I thought you wrote this. I didn't source it. No, I sorry, I didn't. I didn't. I should have uh, said that this was from Bleacher Report. I don't even know who the author was. Oh my god! I, I thought it was Woj actually, but I don't think it was Woj actually. Okay, we're gonna get shut down. Oh, I hope. I if we get any publicity, that would be great. Listeners, as you can tell, we have made no preparation. Uh, I had no intro, and I just decided to read our running sheet. Which I thought Kane actually spent some effort to write. Unfortunately, I find out he just plagiarized it. <laughs> I just copied and pasted. You plagiarized it by reciting. <laughs> I thought this was original material. I can't believe this. Okay, be honest, David. Have you have you been up to date on any NBA news at all? Like this past two weeks? I have not. I think I tried to, but after CP3 was like done, like he's not going to get traded at least for the foreseeable, like until maybe the start of the season. I think that's when I checked out. Like, I think that's when I officially, officially that's when it officially signaled to me that this is the off season. This is a dark period. There's not going to be any more like big news. Um, I mean, there's one if you consider it, and that's something we can talk about. But apart from that, it's just media trying to drum up shit it's not really anything that you know affects any teams really and i think that's fair enough i think whether you're reporters or podcasters like at some point we need a break it's fair enough and basket and, and definitely nba players need a break of course this was a one of the biggest off seasons of all time if not the biggest because 40 percent of nba players were you know were free agents that's incredible that's incredible. So 40% of them, or almost 40% of them, sign new deals. I don't know, what percentage would you put it? Because there's still a few free agents out there that haven't been uh, signed up yet. And we can talk about that in a bit. Um, especially some sad, very candid um, interviews oh. by a couple, a couple of them at least, right? Okay, so I guess the latest and the only news of Noteworthy is Draymond Green's uh, extension that he signed. Has he signed, or does he just offer this? No, no, it's it's signed. And I think the one you talked about, Bradley Beal, last week, I don't think that was official. That was just because you know how um, the Wizards finally hired a new GM? I think his name is like Tommy Shepard or something. And I think just as part of his first bit of, um, you know, first bit of thing to do as the new GM of the Wizards was to offer the max deal to Bradley Beal. I don't think he actually accepted it yet. So what does that actually mean? Does that mean that Bradley Beal will definitely sign? Because it would be strange if he doesn't sign. Yeah, of course. It's just, it's just strange. But obviously, he has a lot of leverage right now because he's a superstar player. He can literally go to any other team and make them better. Or he can stay with Washington and show his loyalty. But, you know, he's in a good position. and I don't think he needs to rush. Um but I don't think that's official because I think there would be more news about that. But I, I think that was just an offer. And I think obviously the Wizards had to do that because he's the only noteworthy player that has any trade leverage if they wanted to get into the trade market and, and you know, rebuild using the assets from trading Bradley Beal. But uh, I don't really know what's happening with that. Um, but what we do know and what is definitely official is the Warriors have... Uh, ex- 
give, has given Draymond the max extension. So that was four years, $100 million. And if, actually, I don't really know what any of this means. So let's just unpack this a bit. So, so the, first of all, he signed a new contract, four years, $100 million. So that is extending. I think he had like a year left on his contract. So, you know, he still has a year left, which is $18.5 million for this year. And then the next four seasons, which is 100 divided by four. So, you know, $25 million, at least on average per year for the next years, for the next four years until 2023 season. But apparently the negotiations was, this was the baseline for the new deal. $18.5 million was the baseline, which is weird because as the article continues to say, he could have earned more than $30 million per season had he hit unrestricted free agency. And that would have been a five-year contract offer in 2020, which would have approached over $200 million, especially because this guy um, was a former Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you know, he's been on all defensive teams, NBA teams. Um, I mean, this guy is, as at one point at least, a top 20 player in the NBA um, and perennial all-star. And he took a pay cut to stay with the Warriors, which is, I mean, I can't be angry at Draymond, but it's a bit weird because for a long time he was, he was talking about like, you know, he was talking about that he wouldn't accept anything less than the Supermax. So what is this telling you? He's loyal to the Warriors. Where does he know that this is really his best offer? I, I think there probably are teams out there who's going to offer more than the Warriors. But as we know, all the top teams are locked up. The only thing I, I like, I'm a little bit puzzled by is, like, Green's a like he's a pretty cocky dude, and you know, he, I don't think he's one to be scared of backing up, uh, you know, his performance. Like, I don't think he's a person to take the pay now in anticipation of what the upcoming season might, you know, uh, you know, might happen to him. I think he always has that mindset that he's gonna ball out. Like, he's that cocky dude. Like, he just he knows he's gonna ball out. And by all perception is that he will ball out because Clay's out is, is not going to be back. Kevin Durant is obviously gone. Um, it's just Steph and him and D'Angelo, if you want to count him as well. But he's obviously going to be the third wheel compared to Draymond and Steph, who's going to get the lion's share of the offense and defensive you know, responsibilities. So if he's kind of given more responsibilities and he's already been designated as the heart and soul of this team, conventional wisdom would say that he's going to improve his play this season and have a better statistical, you know, output. And as a result, you know, he'll get uh, accolades such as NBA teams, uh, you know, whatever awards. And then that means he will be eligible for the Supermax. He's already eligible, but, you know, like any team would pay him more than what he just accepted. And I, the only reason I see, the only reason why I think he accepted the deal is because he loves playing for Golden State. He wants to, I guess, re-emphasize that, you know, that it was him and Clay and Curry that were the original dynasty. And I think he wants to remind people that. And I think doing this and re-upping the deal means that these three dudes are locked in for the next three years, along with D'Angelo Russell, whether he gets traded for, you know, a couple other players because, you know, he's getting paid max money as well. They got four max money dudes the luxury tax is going to be huge for this team. But at the end of the day, they're still in title contention because Draymond's a really good player who wasn't utilized, you know, to, to the best he could have been at least last season. I agree with that. I think last season I was pretty down on Draymond. 
He wouldn't. He, he couldn't hit a shot consistently. He couldn't hit a shot. I thought, oh, it's over, man. Defensively, he seemed like a little bit slow as slow as well, like a bit like out of shape or something. But you know what? I like the new Draymond. He's cut out the cupcakes in his diet. Yeah. And now he's like... Sorry. The no cupcake Draymond is more focused. Throwback to the original crew. Who's the heart of soul of this team? It's Draymond. When he right. had KD there mucking it up, KD is so great and individually so great. There's not enough accolades to go around. Also, the accolades wouldn't come to the wouldn't come to the Warriors because they're just too good. So you just assume. It's unfair basketball. But now that KD's gone and you have the original three, they're now becoming all of a sudden the underdogs. And now I'm starting to like the Warriors. I hate to say mm. this. Like I'm I'm becoming mm. a Warriors fan now because I want them to do well now. <laughs> when they were good, I what? want already. Yeah. So soon after making the finals. I think it was how they lost the finals. The fact that they had to go through so much adversity. The fact that um, Katie left them. The fact that Clay came back and re-injured himself really showed me that guy is all about winning. He like put his career on the line to come back for this mm. team. I really mm. appreciated that. You know, before mm. I was just bitter and angry at this team because they just had too much talent, they had too much wealth. It's it's too perfect. There's no fun mm. rooting for them. Mm. But now mm. I'm thinking, yeah, I want to see them do well. I actually want to see them surprise people because I think mm. I do think this team can be really really good. Yeah, I mean they can still be, you know, not favorites, but definitely in the mix for a title. Once they get Clay back, and hopefully, and it shouldn't be too much trouble for Clay to get back healthy and maybe as good as he was before. Just because his primary game is not like athleticism, it's 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 shooting, right? I mean, that's something that takes a little while. But even like Gordon Hayward, right? He's not he was a really good shooter, but he was a guy that relied a lot on his athleticism as well. Why why are you smoking? It's a bit disrespectful putting uh, speaking comparing Clay in any way to Gordon Hayward. I feel. Okay. I just meant in terms of like severity of the injury, I guess. You are talking about one of the top perimeter defenders. You are talking about a player who has been to five consecutive finals appearances. I'll say that Gordon, now that you mentioned it, Gordon Hayward is kind of like a poor man's Clay Thompson. Not as good shooting, not as like, um, you know, uh, finesse around the rim and stuff like that, but he's kind of got like a lot of good qualities and he was really good back in Utah obviously so uh, what my point was it's really sad when um, he got injured and it's taken him two years to get back and even like last season he was really struggling um, I don't know whether that was the offense or just Brad Stevens kind of or the you know the, the team not trusting him or whatever it was but it's taken him two years to get back to any level of you know NBA quality I just don't think Clay will suffer the same um, you know, I, I think Clay will recover a little bit faster and, and maybe he gets back by a playoff time and he's no, maybe not old Clay, but at least he's like an effective player. Yeah, playing I alongside mean, Steph and this Draymond. season, you know, I give them a pass this season. It's yeah, of course. I think too. they're gonna be I mean, good. they've been to five straight finals. Gordon's best when he's like slashing and like driving to the basket, right? And creating. Uh, that's not really Clay's game, although Clay can do that, he can definitely do that. But yes, you're right. He's he's just as good spotting up and shooting. I, I'm not poo-pooing uh, Gordon Hayward. I think he's actually a yeah, great player. Yeah, you are. I, it sounds like you are. Well, what I'm he saying... Was. No, no, I don't know. Like, I think he, he's going to get better this year without um, 
minus Kyrie, right? And minus some of the other players, uh, who's that uh, Terry Rozier. But I guess I'm making more of the observation that, you know, what has Gordon done? He's a great player, no doubt. But he hasn't really ch- proved himself in the postseason. Yeah, yeah, don't worry about Gordon Hayward. I was just talking about the injury, really. Um, but I think the season without Clay, um, you know, with Steph and Draymond probably focused on more individual accolades than, you know, going as a, you know, winning as a team, winning a championship, I think that's a little bit, that will be a bit hard this season. So I think they're going to go back to having fun. Steph's going to go to, you know, shooting 40 t- times a game. He's probably going to be averaging close to 35 points per game. Um, probably going to, you know, mess around and get an MVP. Uh, let's see what Draymond can do. Let's see how many technicals he can get. It's just going to be, a, I think it's going to be a fun season for the Warriors, really. Um, and I think that's going to, um, it's going to earn some fans back because they were having fun in the wrong ways of the past few seasons. Like, it was too easy for them. That, you know that way like it's not a challenge that's the thing if they won it's i don't even think it's fun for them because look if you win with kd what i mean what are people going to say are you are we going to say congratulations every game is an expectation like they should win every single game in the regular season postseason is like well what what you lost how did you lose that was the sort of like atmosphere around the team for the past two seasons um which is fine oh three seasons sorry which is fine because they won two championships um, but I think there was a lot of pressure on this team. They were expected to win every single game. Um, now that Katie is gone, now that Clay is on the shelf for a year, it's going to be going back to, let's just have fun. Let's just, let's just, let's just like, you know, we've got a great crowd. We got a great stadium. We're going to a new stadium. Um, you know, we've done an- enough basically. If they just, if, if they never win another championship, this will go down as one of the greatest like periods of NBA like dominance right like nba team dominance um for five five seasons and i do think that they have one or more championships left in them for sure for sure i don't know how many they're gonna win i'm saying they have as good a shot as any other team in the west they have a good shot they have a good shot but i think it does need to break a little bit more right for them just like the first championship uh, a lot broke right for them you know with the injuries to the Cavs. And maybe you could say a lot broke right for the Raptors this past season with all the freak injuries that happened to the Warriors. But that's probably a lot more to do with like attrition and just going to five straight finals uh, more than the Cavs breaking down like Kyrie and Kevin Love, um, you know, not being able to suit up for that f- first finals. And the second best scorer was uh, Della Vidova. So, you know, that speaks to, I don't want to call it luck, but just what the Warriors had, like, you know, what the Warriors were facing their first championship. Yeah, bottom line is, I, I agree with you, Warriors will be a fun team to root for, but I definitely don't want them to win another championship. I think they've had enough. <laughs> okay. this, You're still this, bitter. This, 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 I'm not bitter about it. No, I'm not, I'm not really bitter. Like, I think they've been incredibly lucky to, to have had this core and this, and this players develop into the type of players um, you know, they've turned into. And they're all Hall of Famers, and they'll, going down, they'll all go down in history, they'll all get statues. But I think it's time for another team to kind of have their chance in the sun. And I think now it feels a bit more exciting because there's more teams in the mix, you know? Is, is that team you're thinking in New York? No, I, I don't. Specifically that, one of the boroughs. Not this season, not this season. In the future seasons, yes. But this season, I, I think it's a... I think any any person will tell you it's, it's hard to pick like a favorite. And maybe the best favorite is the Clippers. But you could equally make it make a um 
case for the Lakers, the Bucks, the Sixers. Sixers? God. Yeah. Okay, I don't want to get into this again. Jesus. <laughs> I mean, are they going to have a coach? Is Brett Brown going to last mean? the season? Is he going to last the season? But you're, you're, just, you're just getting into, like... I'm not getting you know, into anything. Unknown territory. I'm getting You're into my sources. Assumptions. I told you my sources. My source is Jimmy Butler. I've I've told you this already so many times. I've given right, you my right. source. He's given me the all truth. Right. Well, he's not, well, he's not there anymore. He's not in the building anymore. So exactly, because he told me why. He told me the well, truth. Well, it's yeah, I know, but that you know things may change. I trust Jimmy. I trust Jimmy. All right, let's move on. Speaking move on. of uh, players having fun. There's lots of players that are not having fun in the league. A bad fact, segue. It's not a bad segue. <laughs> Jeremy Lin, he's not having fun. He wants to have some fun. What, what, what's happening with Jeremy Lin? He's jobless. Initially, didn't think that was a big deal. I just assumed that he's going to sign with someone eventually yeah. before the season starts. He definitely will. Literally six months ago, when he was playing for the Hawks, he was starting for the Hawks over Trey Young. And of course, the writing was like he was in the last year of his deal. Um, Trey Young was an up and coming rookie, started to play well in spots. But you know, Jeremy Lin was a veteran, like kind of teaching him the ropes and just being that veteran voice along with Vince Carter at, in the Hawks organization. I think he was traded at some point, and then he was like, go eventually. And then he, you know, then he had a choice of teams. Like you know, if this was a, if this was any other player, and he was like, go, you might not get all the chance to play for a team. But he was. He had, a, he had his choice of teams, uh, especially contenders, uh, that wanted Jeremy Lin to play as a backup point guard uh, for teams that thought they had a good chance in the playoffs. And Jeremy Lin just, I guess, I don't know if he had any affiliation with Raptors players. I, I think Danny Green was probably his closest friend because they both came up through the D-League. Um, but he chose Raptors and, you know, lo and behold, it was like he should have put some money on it as well because... Won a championship. He, he, he won a championship um, on the bench, um, which is no slight. Like he he helped out and contributed in so many ways. Like I think he was saying in, in a previous interview that he went to the practices, he was training with those guys. He he did all the preparation as much as all their other regular players, if not more, because they had to scout other teams and relay back to this um, to the the starters and stuff like that. So he had, he had a lot of work to do. Still, he wasn't just like chilling around eating eating burgers and stuff. He was working hard and preparing for his opportunity in case any injuries happened and he had to step up. Fortunately, he didn't have to because the starters did the job. They won the championship and Jeremy Lin's a champion. Um, so yeah, I'm also like you equally a bit befuddled that he has expressed in a you know really heartfelt way that he feels the NBA has given up on him, especially since six months ago. He was a pretty hot commodity for contending teams to sign him as a bench player, as like one of the key bench players. I, I think it, like it just, maybe it just highlights how quick the NBA moves. It just, you know, one season, one season ago, you were, uh, I don't know, one of, like not a top player, but you were a guy that definitely wouldn't have any issues making an NBA roster. And now fast forward 12 months later and you're struggling to get a job and consider it, and maybe your best prospects are going overseas. I'm still not computing that. Uh, but the fact that he's come out this emotional about it. Yeah, me makes too. Makes me yeah. think that obviously he knows more than we do. Maybe like he's, the teams have told him, no, there's no place for you on our team. It's not going to work out for you here. Do you see Trey Young actually like t- 
tweeted his support of Jeremy and talked I about did. how yeah, which I really appreciate. That's what I mean. This guy, this guy is such a positive locker room influence, and he would like. I would love the Nets to just sign him, obviously, because you know, yeah, a bit of bias here. Like, I really have been a Jeremy Lin fan for a long time, and him being Asian, I think is he's a really good role model for any Asian person, you know, to make it this far for a sport, especially that uh, you know doesn't have any Asian players. So there's that. Plus, he played for the Nets, so I was like pretty excited when he when he signed for the Nets. But to be honest, he belongs in the NBA. Like, I'm not, I'm not even saying that with any bias. I think. His game is, he's, if he went to the EuroLeague or CBA or any other league in the world that's not the NBA, he would be MVP. Like, right. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. that good. Like he's 30 years old. So yes, he's a bit uh, past his prime in the NBA, but this, would, this dude would kill it in any other league. Problem is he's right. injury prone. Right. And I think there's some teams, um, when you have a bench uh, point guard, you kind of need them to be reliable. You need them to be serviceable. And the problem with Jeremy Lin is he hasn't been that at least the past three seasons. Even when he joined the Raptors, he was injured, I think, towards the end of the, end of the um, regular season into the playoffs. And that's when Fred Van Vliet got more court time at the point guard spot. And then he was playing so well, Van Vliet just became the, you know, the go-to uh, backup point guard to Carl Lowry if not sometimes starting alongside Kyle Lowry in the games because he was just that effective. So then Jeremy Lin lost his chance. And maybe that was a nail in the coffin because, you know, he's just too injury... Maybe he's just too injury prone for the NBA. He's not suited. And that was the problem... That was the scouting report on him like for a long time that he was too scrawny. He didn't have uh, the NBA physique to survive, you know, the, the, the marathon of an NBA season, which has been pretty true for most of his career. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. So yeah, I mean, yeah, that 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 is the case against Jeremy Lin, but the case for Jeremy Lin is he's one of the better point guards interacting out of the pick and roll. He's really good. Like you just remember with the Knicks, he was his favorite pass was just Tyson Chandler screening for him and then him just like throwing up an alley oop to Amara Stardomayor, Tyson Chandler. Like, you know, at least in recent Knicks history it was as good as him operating the pick and roll. And I remember when he joined the Nets, I know, yeah, in the Hornets as well, where he would link up with Brook Lopez numerous times. Like he was just, it was just effortless for him and Brook Lopez to operate in and out. Like it was either Jeremy Lin driving into to the hole and getting an easy layup because Brook Lopez set up screen for him or him driving in and dishing it out to Brook Lopez and Brook Lopez hitting an easy, you know, free throw, around free throw shot. Um, so I, I think... Those things haven't left him. And like I said, he was starting for the Hawks just the beginning of last season before he was let go for Trey Young to take over. Um, so it wasn't long ago when he was actually starting in the NBA. He still has a lot of value in his league. He needs to prove he needs that he can be that he can stay healthy. Apart from that, I, I really do think he'll eventually make a roster. Probably maybe not until other injuries clear away for him though. Maybe, like he probably won't start the NBA on a roster maybe a bit later. The way I see it, just the pure marketing potential of Jeremy Lin is worth the veteran minimum. Isn't yeah, that worth, worth $2 million in any market? Any market. Obviously, that's if true. it's in Brooklyn, that's going to be way, way more than $2 million. Definitely. And especially because the owner of the Nets is uh, Taiwanese. 
Oh yeah, that's right. I forgot. So like, I, and we need a point guard too. We we don't we have Spencer Dinwiddie, but then after him, we don't have a backup. You know, a backup backup point guard. So if Jeremy Lin can fill that spot and be that veteran voice in the locker room, like we had with Jared Dudley, I think he would. I would definitely welcome Jeremy Lin to the Nets. We definitely need a point guard. Speaking of players sitting at home, Carmelo Anthony. I mean, he's an older dude that definitely deserves to be an NBA roster. Like he didn't want to come off the bench. That's why he's not. In the NBA. I listened to that interview and I actually do believe him. Maybe it's different once he's on an NBA roster and he's not getting much playing time and he's like making pouty faces and he's just annoying the coach. But I really do believe him that he just wants to w- win a ring. He just wants to be part of a championship team uh, that has a chance to go deep in the playoffs and is willing to contribute, whether that's sitting on the bench and, you know, teaching the other guys that you know, play in front of him whatever but you know even if he did have has some minutes or you know some type of um contribution in the rotation of a team i think he would be quite useful like i just i do find it hard that carmelo didn't make it with with houston like did was it because he butted heads with james harden and chris Pollock? no i think he was demanding a more prominent role yeah right I just think that if he is accepting of his role, which is a bench player, and he would be a really good bench player. Like a veteran minimum contract player? Yeah, of course, of course veteran minimum at this point, yeah. But like, you know, just take, take, accept your bench. I mean, he was a veteran minimum last year as well with the Rockets. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. But if he were to just accept that he comes off the bench and he's part of that second unit, um, I think for a lot of teams, he would be quite deadly. Like, think of him with the Clippers, or think of him with the Lakers, or think of him... Forget the Clippers, the, the Lakers, baby. LeBron. Yeah, of course, the Lakers. Like, think, like, he's coming off the bench, or even, like, you know, at some points, playing alongside LeBron James and Anthony Davis. That uh, that already just sounds too good to be true, because Kamala Anthony, no, he's not the same player as he was 10 years ago, or even 5 years ago, but I don't know. I just find it hard to believe this dude can still... Like, all that teams have given up on him because they think he can't ball anymore. I mean, it's been years now that I can remember he was, like, a guy that you would just get... you just expect to get 20 and 10 or something like that. But, like, Carmelo was the man, like... He, on, like, 40 so shots. 40 shots. I guess so. I guess Two so. assists. I guess he's prime... He peaked early. Like, he kind of... I don't know what happened, really, but... His prime finished up a lot earlier than those other guys in his draft class. Another crazy story is the Knicks apparently, I don't know who leaked this or who said this or if this was just a rumor. The, the Knicks apparently would, would have entertained signing Carmel Anthony if they got KD and Kyrie Irving. Okay, I don't think KD and Kyrie Irving was looking for Carmelo Anthony. Exactly, exactly. Like, like they're fucked up. Imagine if, imagine if KD and Kyrie signed with the Knicks and it's like, oh hey, we, we brought in Melo. We brought Melo back in. What the Knicks should have done was treat all of KD's friends really well, like DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, exactly. Rather than like, you know, give those players shit and then have those players talk bad about <laughs> yeah. the Knicks. Yeah, like exactly. those idiots. You know what's funny? So you got Carmelo Anthony going on TV now, pitching how he should be in the NBA. You had mm. Amari Stoudemire doing that, going on TV. You had oh, Dwight yeah. Howard yeah. doing that as well. Do you think along with Jeremy Lin, they should all just get together again and form their own team? Well, they like they used to they used to play with the Knicks, right? So this is like a Knicks theme, except for Dwight Howard, I guess. Who played with Jeremy in Houston? It's all the players that didn't like playing with each other, 
but now are all like out of the league and wanting to get back in. What if what if they got together and we formed a new team in Vancouver? Jeremy Lin, Carmelo, Amara Stoudemire, Dwight Howard, and Monte Ellis maybe as shooting guard. That team would approximately win five games, maybe three games most. <laughs> no. I'm still big on Dwight Howard. Am I the only person still big on Dwight Howard? Yes, yes, you are. I'm telling you, I look at him and he looks fucking ripped. He's in shape. I'm telling you, this was the same mistake that people made last offseason when he signed with the Wizards. And then people were like, oh, wow, Dwight Howard in the shoulders are joining forces with John Wall and his Achilles and Bradley <laughs> Beal. <laughs> And then, uh, and then all hell broke loose, and that team is then like you know went to shit. Um, no, I, I don't rate Dwight Howard anymore. I don't think I would place higher odds that Jeremy Lin makes uh, NBA roster before Dwight Howard does. Yeah, of course. I, I think out of, of all those players that you mentioned, Melo, Amara, Sadamire, Dwight Howard, Jeremy Lin to me has the biggest odds of making a roster and sticking with a roster. Melo is second. Um, like barely, but yeah, I think Melo is second, and then Howard, I guess, and then Sadamai has no chance. Sadamai is out yeah. of the NBA for sure. He's been out like too many years. I, I don't think you actually mentioned this, but Melo went Oz. Uh, sorry, Melo was on first take talking to Stephen A. in like you know a very candid one-on-one interview. Talked about his legacy. Talked about how he wanted to, you know that for teams to acknowledge or realize that he's not the sort of guy that, that the media makes him out to be, that he's not some diva, that uh, he's, he's a changed man, that he just wants to make the NBA, and that if he actually were to be told that it's over for him, that he'd be at peace with it. Um, he then talked about how back in 2010, he was too immature to know that the world of the NBA was changing, and that's when he resigned with the Nuggets and then he basically missed his chance to form the big three in Miami. It was Chris, Chris Bosch that got that shot instead of Melo. Yeah, so he was saying like how like if if he were to just be told that like, hey, give it up, like NBA is not for you anymore, he would be at peace with that, which I think is bullshit. I think that was just a PC answer. It's bullshit. He's not at peace with that at all. I was not convinced with any of the answers. The other thing was his about legacy. He was saying like uh, if he were to retire, what his legacy would be. Um, I think you and I both agree. He's a, what do you mean nothing? He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. That's okay. He's a Hall of Famer. That's true. That's, that's true. Everyone gets to the Hall of Fame. Like, I can't What do you mean everyone gets to the Hall of Fame? I can't name like 80% of the players in the Hall of Fame. I mean, his legacy, like, are you going to remember? No, not like in the same sense as Dwayne Wade or LeBron James or even Chris Bosh, for for example, but. Is his jersey going to be retired anywhere? No, but I I think, um, especially in our generation, especially in my generation, Watching LeBron James and Melo and Dwayne Wade grow up, um, Melo was the second best small forward for, lo- if not top five player for a long time. So let's see LeBron James, champion, Dwayne Wade, champion, Melo. Has he been to the finals? No, but I, I really think early in his career, it was something to behold. This dude won the champ- uh, national championship at Syracuse, which is, a, which is pretty good. And then when he went to the NBA, he had he had a lot of good seasons. Like he scored thirty over thirty points a few times. He went to the Western Conference Finals. Um, I mean, no, nothing as as amazing as obviously what LeBron was able to do. Um, but I, I don't I don't think that 
I don't think, you know, it diminishes how good of a player he was back in the day. Do you know what I mean? Like, his legacy is not cemented. He doesn't have a legacy. But that doesn't mean he wasn't a fucking awesome player in, in his prime. He was definitely an awesome player for a time, but he was never a winner. So he's good no. in the sense that Brandon Roy is good. But for a much longer time and much better than Brandon Roy ever could be. Okay, I, I give you that. That's true. That's Think true. Think about like Damon Lillard. Damon Lillard's like a really awesome player, but has he ever won anything? Like we just, what I'm saying is, put yourself back in the day in 2005, 2006. Melo was the man. Now, like that's what Lillard is right now. This Lillard is, is still, a this really is so good player. He's, he's Damian scary. Lillard. Damian Lillard is it's going to get his jersey retired in Portland. Damian Lillard has been true and loyal to Portland. Melo has tried to force his way out of multiple teams. He is a coach killer. He has done no winning. All he cares about is money. Yeah, this is all true. And I, maybe that is equally as part of his legacy. But I'm, what I'm talking about is just his on-the-court play. He is a very good scorer. He averaged many, many points. His teammates did not average any points because... What do you mean? Melo took, took 40 shots a game and had two assists, probably. Damian Lillard is beloved in Portland. Damian Lillard is leaving lifelong memories for fans, dribbling out has the Damian shot Lillard clock, shooting won? from 30. How many times has Damian Lillard made the Western Conference Finals? Once? Zero times. No, once last last season. So you got okay. So he's doing already better than Melo. But what Damian? What do you mean? Melo made the Western Conference Finals. Okay, fine. They the same. Damian Lillard has overachieved. No one expected Portland to be doing that well. He's overachieved his expectations. Melo has underachieved. So I agree. Melo is a great player. He's a great player. His talents are undeniable. What does it mean if they underachieve or overachieves? It's just a matter of how they turned out to be as players. So if we talk about legacy, we're not gonna like talk about legacy of people that under didn't live up to their potential. Uh, should we then like talk about the legacy of Kwame Brown? This is a number one pick. He had like the whole world. I to think live it's up unfair to. to say. Under, I didn't. I think it's unfair to say underachieved just because he wasn't a winner. He he he. Just anyone that scores over thirty points, averages thirty points a game in a season, has already overachieved. Like you, there's never any player that you can scout when they're rookies or coming out of the coming into the draft where you say oh this dude's going to be a 30 point player uh you know is going to be able to score 30 points consistently that's not something you can like guess or track Melo exceeded his expectations and his potential because he was literally the second best small forward if not the best small forward except for a guy named lebron james for like five seasons Okay, this is all true. This is all true. But what is the league telling me? I think the league is telling you what I'm telling you. If Melo had a legacy to leave behind, teams would still want him. I, I think it's more that it's more based on what you're saying in regards to his past, like, you know, attitude that teams are having a problem with um, signing him and bringing him to a locker room, especially if he's not like a guy that is contributing more than five, six, or even 10 minutes a game. Like, why do you want to bring in that headache into your locker room if he's not going to be contributing more than 10 minutes a game? So I think that's what teams are battling with and they don't see the value of a guy that might be only, you know, if he's giving you five points a game, that's probably something that a younger guy could do, you know, maybe in the same amount of minutes, you know, because Kamel is a pretty volume shooter. I still feel that he's, en- he's enough of a talent to make an NBA roster. 
Would you want him in Brooklyn? No. Okay. Okay. Well, obviously, you're not putting your、uh, money where your mouth's at. Okay. You said all.、It's、you、true. said all this. Just say you don't want. I'm just saying on paper. I'm saying on paper. If you just look at his skills on paper, he should make an NBA roster. But unfortunately, it's not about. It's not about that. It's not. It's not. It's not about that. That's all. Like, who's a better player, Carmelo Anthony or like, or or like、uh, Thayer Sevalosha? No, of course, Carmelo Anthony. Especially in this points-driven NBA, if, you know you need a stretch four. You need a guy that can Jared Dudley. Who's better, Jared Dudley or Carmelo Anthony? Of course, Carmelo. Right. But the thing、yeah. is, Jared Dudley, it's a locker room、yes. vet, whereas yeah, Carmelo yeah. just talks about being a locker room vet. I know. But you know, I know, I know. He, he, what ex- what experience of a locker room vet does he have? Jeremy Lin got、yeah. a big contract. Did Carmelo's like what? Well, how does this guy got to get a contract? Yeah. He's talking about someone on his own team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you, you don't well, be a yet, locker room. Anymore, you don't be a locker room vet just because you tell people you're a locker room vet. Carmelo's attitude、yeah. is that he's the greatest player. Like he's probably the second best player next to LeBron. I think intellectually, Carmelo knows that Anthony Davis is a better player than him. But in terms of attitude, if you're if he was honest on the Lakers, Carmelo was seeing himself as as the second guy. I I can agree. I think I would agree with you there. I can see, I can see the happening. Because how Carmelo is going to see it? It's like this. It's like Anthony Davis. We know you're great, but just wait your turn. But with LeBron there, I think that's the barrier. That that can be the thing that stops that voice in, in infecting the young players' development. Yeah, yeah. And this isn't a young team anymore. They they've pretty much accelerated the you know timeline in terms of like you know contention now. The only young player to note is Kyle Kuzma. Everyone else is like. Thirty-five and older. And by the way, this reminded me.、Um, have you been following what David Griff has been doing? I sort of saw that, but you know how much I hate about sensationalist news, especially in the off season. He said that he was miserable in Cleveland. Why is he saying this? He clarified that he was saying that、um, he was miserable because he he himself couldn't deal with the expectations of winning a championship day in day out. Oh my and god! You, you believe that transactions believe that? had to had to revolve around、um, continuing to like win a championship around LeBron James. Boo hoo, boo hoo! I have LeBron James on my roster. I have the greatest basketball player on earth. I wish I had a roster full of little league players. You know, I'm a huge Dave Griff fan. I'm a huge Griff fan, but I don't、mm. like how he's making this media round and making about him. Like, why is he bringing this attention to to that organization? Cleveland won the, its first championship in 51 years. Everyone loves that story. Why is he poo-pooing it? Why is he trying to tarnish it and take us behind the curtains? No one's looking to go behind the curtains. I think he was more referencing the Pelicans, though. He was talking about how his experience with. Uh, building the Cleveland team was like every year they had to just、uh, trade away future assets and f- trade away future development just so that they can continue continue the win now mode, and that wasn't something that was sustainable or healthy, and especially that was kind of against David Griffin's、um, philosophy for team building, and that he didn't want to kind of go this route with the Pelicans. He wanted to kind of build this family. He wanted to build this. Team that was conducive to、um, uh, like sustainable development with the with the young players.、Uh, I think that's what he was more hinting at, as opposed to him loathing his experience with the Cavaliers because LeBron James was there and that it, because he was there that was accelerating、uh, 
uh, their timeline. I think that was right. less to his point. Right. So it's from the sound of it, you think it's it's fair comments. No, I, just been... I don't. I I do agree with you. It's a bit like get over get over it. You want a fucking title. Exactly. Don't tarnish yourself. Don't yeah. tarnish I, yourself. I, I kind of get what you're saying. But just to his defense, I think he was talking more from the Pelicans' perspective as opposed to um, talking about any like you know misgivings to LeBron James. Is David Griffin really what he's really saying is that Sarver guy in Phoenix? You guys right. are doing it the right way. You guys are <laughs> starting from scratch, going through the hard slog to ultimately win a championship. LA, they've got, they're just like, they're miserable. They're miserable. They got AD, LeBron. <laughs> they have to win now. They just have to win now. All the scrutiny's on them. Sarver, you've got it good. You've got it. I envy you. I envy you. Sarver and um, LeBron James' old buddy, um, James Jones, who's the GM of the Suns, actually. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and was on that championship Cavs team. So, um, yeah, maybe he took, maybe both Griffin, Griff and James Jones took a book out that are, uh, you know, uh, out <laughs> yeah, from the days right. in Cleveland and thought, like, nah, we need to take the easy route. We don't want this pressure. Yeah, we don't want this pressure. It's too good. Okay, Kane. So today we talked about. Some sad news. Well, no, I mean, good news for Draymond and the Warriors. They signed they re- they signed an extension. Do we have any parting thoughts for our friend Jeremy Lin? Do you think Jeremy listens to our show? Uh, I hope so. I mean, you know, we're big fan we're big fans of Jeremy and Lin. So maybe you know what? Let's let's reach Do we out have to his him. Twitter. I'll reach out to him. Yeah, can we just reach out to him? Just like I- I'm pretty sure he's pretty active with social media. So. Jeremy, Jeremy, I yeah, want to talk say, to you. Yeah, you say, you say. I want, I want you to speak on behalf of both of us, please. Okay, I will. Jeremy, Jeremy, look, I know you're going through some a very tough period right now. I would just say, from one Asian to to another, just keep working on your craft, and good things will happen. It's not easy. We know. My dear brother Ken and I, we've been running this show for for many many months. And we have tens and tens of listeners, mostly our family, mostly our family members, and and potentially bots, Twitter bots. <laughs> yeah. But no matter, no matter, we're staying encouraged. We're putting in the work. We're staying encouraged. And I just want you to know, you will always, always have a spot on your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast at your FPFP. If you want to come on our show, come on, let's do it. Let's make it happen. We'll give you as much airtime as you want. You want you want airtime? You got it. Just between you and me. You can like become like a host or something if you if you wanted to. You could we could you could be a you want you want to replace person. Kane? You want to replace Yeah, you Kane? can replace me for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just between you and me, Jeremy, if if you want less of Kane. <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit him out. <laughs> I'll edit him out. <laughs> Sick of this Australian accent. <laughs> My point being, Jeremy, you just gotta stay encouraged. If you still love basketball, stay in shape, stay encouraged. It's not like you need the money. If there's opportunities, you'll get those opportunities. And that's it. And that's exactly what we're doing. We're honing our craft. We're putting it out there. And if we happen to get signed by a big network, we're ready. We're ready. Please yep. sign us. Anyone. Yeah. And yeah, just to that point, like he would definitely, Jeremy, you would make a lot more money overseas playing in a CBA, especially. 
Um, you'll get a lot of marketing opportunities. But I, we know your dream is playing the NBA. Um, just like our dream is to one day, I don't know, have our own. What's our dream? Basketball radio station talking like national a, a radio station, an, like a national. Nas- okay. National TV network talking basketball or something, right? Oh my goodness! Yes, it didn't occur to me, but now that you mentioned it, why not? Why not? Maybe not TV. Maybe they don't want to see our faces, but you know, definitely oh. talking to a big audience. <laughs> Disrespect uh, on a national scale, international scale, maybe. Um, I mean, that's something that I personally would hopefully do one day, and I would hope David is along for the ride. Um, but I think we're a long way off. But you know, like like David said, we're still working on our craft. But we're staying encouraged, Jeremy. We're staying encouraged. I, I, if I was a betting man, you would join the Nets. Okay, just join the Nets. Just come to Brooklyn. I'll come to, and I'll come to Brooklyn and watch you guys. Or join um, us. What can we pay him? Can we pay him anything? Can we pay him the minimum? Oh, I can't afford the minimum. That's like millions of dollars. <laughs> The minimum podcast uh, salary. I mean, can we give him like we don't have no sponsors? What can we give him, uh, Jeremy? You you get the you get the best headphones. Maybe let's him let's uh, let's let this go to negotiations. We'll see. How okay, we, we just have to go to negotiation. We'll, but everything's on the table, Jeremy. If you want a different logo, you want your face on the logo, you want your name, we'll do it. I think we should reach out to him though. Just like okay, no, I will. No, no, joking sense. Like real, like real talk. Like, like just what, like what this I say. Was. Like what? What do I say? Like, about I think what encouraged. you said, yeah, and that we have a lot of love for him, and we 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 have a lot, we support him a lot, and we hope he does well and continues honing on his craft and working towards doing whatever it takes for you to continue playing the NBA because you're too important to too many people for you to give up. Your dreams are the dreams of a lot of people, really. When you can, when you continue playing in the NBA, mm, I, I agree. I definitely agree. I know we went through some difficult topics, but I'm glad that we ended on a positive and inspired note. Depending on what happens during this week, I don't really, actually, do we, don't, do we even have anything to talk about next week? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. If anything, I know Kane's got at least a couple of shows in him talking about Kyrie Irving. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have this final, finally this great debate about oh, Kyrie God, Irving. Is he a superstar or is he not a superstar? I think, well, what is... What's the question though? I, I don't even know what the like the topic debate is going to be about. What's what's your beef? What's your beef? Can I just can I also say this? Can I say, give you this nugget? What? Kyrie Irving will flourish in Brooklyn because the Brooklyn Nets have a really high point guard usage rate. D'Angelo Russell had the tenth highest usage rate among players in the NBA last season. D'Angelo mm. Russell, and he made their he made his first All Star appearance. Kenny Atkinson's a known point guard whisperer. He's known to reform point guards, aka uh, such as Isaiah, no, not Isaiah Thomas, Jeremy Lin, back with the Knicks, D'Angelo Russell, um, Spencer Dinwiddie. Kyrie Irving is obviously his the best thing that Kenny Atkinson has ever gone to work with. Kyrie Irving only had a 27th high usage rate last season with the Celtics. He's going to have a lot more opportunities. He's going to get a lot more time with the ball. He's going to have a lot more chances to score by himself. And he's going to have a really strong season because the team is just going to be built around him this season. Not like the Celtics with everyone else's agenda. The Nets are going to build purely around Kyrie Irving, at least for this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I can dig that. And I think my criticism of Kyrie is, is less about his skills. Although, I don't know, he's okay, I suppose. Oh, um, I think it's... 
So is the question, is he a superstar or not? Can I, I just want to ask, I just want to get that out of the way. What, what, what's the question? I don't know what that means. Is he a superstar? Like, is he popular? He's super popular, so I guess he's a superstar. Mm. He's got his own movie, for God's sake. But is he, like, right. is he one of the best players in the league? I don't think so. You can't. All right, all right. He, like, fucking, like, scored 10 points three games in a row in the playoffs. All right, all right. All right, all right, right. Let's let's. He was just like standing um, around in the paint. People were like get, trying to tip in the rebounds, getting okay, multiple okay. This offensive is rebounds. Not the Kyrie Irving, Kyrie Irving was we like fucking like standing week. there, like a kid on the we playground. Can do that next, we can do the next episode. Okay, sorry. sorry. Maybe the question is Kyrie Irving, yes or no? See, the thing is, I know we should stick to basketball, and as a basketball player, I think Kyrie Irving is probably much better than what I give him credit for like I but it's because I'm so biased about his like personal life he's such a weirdo I think that's the issue long time listeners know this is a difference between Kane and I because I dive into the other side what players do in their personal lives affect how I perceive them on the court whereas Kane makes that distinction what it, what they do off the court he doesn't care about he just cares about on court performance <laughs> So, Kane, you you want to go beat your wife off the court? Kane's okay oh, with that. Kane says, "Just just give me ten assists. Just give me ten assists and a triple double." <laughs> Jason Kidd don't care. Look, you want to yeah, go drive in your tree? You want to go drive in your tree? It's After, like a, it's like a penalty yeah. instead of like a speeding ticket. It's like, hey, look, uh, so you've been caught for drug dealing, yeah. um, beating your wife, sexual harassment. <laughs> Okay, yeah. that means I'll need uh, 12 points per game, uh, <laughs> at least 8 assists, and uh, 5 rebounds. Yeah, see, I'm not like that. I'm not like that. I, I expect, uh, you know, well-rounded players, even if you don't perform super well on the, on the basketball court, that's okay. I don't care. I appreciate you as, as a person, and I think that's the difference. Yeah. No, everyone's Tim Duncan, okay. Like, we gotta review Kyrie Irving's Instagram account, okay? That guy is posting all sorts of weird shit on there. <laughs> David unleashes all the dirt on Kyrie Irving. <laughs> and I okay, try to it. save it. Until next time, listeners. See ya! Bye bye. Oh my god. I can't believe you brought up Kyrie Irving. You've been listening to your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. If you enjoyed our show, please tweet us at yourfpfp.